Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Six wide receivers for week three of fantasy football. Justin Jefferson against the Los Angeles Chargers, Tyreek Hill against the Denver Broncos, and Stefan Diggs, the Washington Commanders. Hey, those are your top three this week. Yeah, those guys are locked and loaded. Tyreek is going to be without Jalen Waddle, which means even more schemed up op- opportunities. I know he's facing Patrick Sertan, but also one of the better safeties in the league, Justin Simmons for the Broncos. He's out. I think the surprise ranking is number four, Mr. Keenan Allen. Yeah. Let's talk about them because Keen Allen faces the Minnesota Vikings. He's wide receiver eight in consensus and wide receiver four for you. Six for 76 in week one, eight, 11, and two touchdowns. Also, excuse me, over the last two weeks, it's been pretty cool to see a slight role shift also for Keen Allen this year in comparison mm-hmm. to previous seasons. Yeah, and just the, over the last 11 games, he's averaging over seven catches per game. And then this week, uh, no Austin Eckler. The Vikings are really bad on defense everywhere, and this is one of these games that we're going to be chasing here. Looking at the charts, the Chargers and the Vikings, we have C.D. Lamb up here as well. So all the best wide receivers up in this quadrant for the most part. So we'll be chasing the points with Keenan Allen and then eventually Mike Williams. According to my guy, Rich Rebar, 16% of Keenan Allen's routes have been 20 or more yards down the field after a 7.5% rate in 2022. So over double, we're getting downfield routes. He doesn't move quite like CD Lamb, but if we want to copy and paste the CD Lamb usage that we got with the Dallas Cowboys and Kellen Moore, we're seeing more and more of that drift towards Mm -hmm. Keenan Allen, and that just raises the ceiling for one of the best wide receivers in the league for a long time. Okay, five and six. Devontae Adams against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then CD Lamb, and expected a ton of points to score for the Dallas Cowboys against the Arizona Cardinals. This is both of them eruption spots for Devontae Adams and C.D. Lamb. Uh, in my notes, I have for Devontae Adams, I mean, the Steelers corners, they've gotten huge games against Brandon Ayuk and Amari Cooper. Obviously, Devontae Adams is better than both of them. And then with C.D. Lamb, Cardinals just put Buda Baker on IR as well. So obviously, huge game opportunities for both of them. We do get Jacoby Myers back almost certainly this week. Does that do anything to Devontae Adams and how you consider him based on Jacoby Myers getting all of the production in week one, then missing week two? Yeah, I think that was just kind of fluky. I will say, even if you chop off a little bit of the target share, the Raiders need to move the ball. Like, that's been their big problem. They have not picked up first downs through two weeks. I think Jacoby Myers being on the field will actually help them move the ball because we want Devontae Adams in the red zone. By the way. These are all the rankings that you can find in the description down below Hayden Winks' Fantasy Blueprint. And because we record this on a Friday, we do not have the Thursday night football wide receivers listed. I will tell you, 
scouts honor that Hayden had Debo Samuel as wide receiver seven this week for all the things that we talked about, all the reasons we talked about on the quarterback rankings and tier show and go and check out the running back one as well. Were you a boy scout? Um, you have boy scout energy. Oh, oh. <laughs> this is a much longer conversation that I should not keep for okay. this, but, uh, my wife's dad is very much affiliated to the Eagle Scouts and the Boy Scouts and goes to the Jamborees and photographs all of those. Uh, I was the best life scout you've ever seen. So I quit right before I finished because, you know, sports took hold. But that was a, a barrier I had to clear mm-hmm. in order to uh, to take her hand in marriage. I suppose, that way, <laughs> to earn it. Okay, let's go to your wide receiver seven this week. And that is uh, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley faces the Houston Texans. Wide receiver 11 in consensus. So you're slightly ahead here. Texans right now missing Derek Stingley, their cornerback one. The cornerback two, Tavier Thomas, who actually is like number two in PFF grade, he's out. Jalen wow. Petrie, their center, he's out. Denzel Perriman, starting linebacker, he's out. So uh, this is a great game for Calvin Ridley, obviously projected for a bunch of points uh, at home. And then also on top of that, Calvin Ridley has a negative 10 completion percentage over expected. We will expect that thing to positively regress, especially if Say Jones, who has not practiced this week, right. is going to miss. So, like, literally everything has fallen in line for Calvin Ridley to have a huge bounce back week two or week three. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Zay Jones trickle down when we talk about Christian Kirk a bit later on. I think consensus would be even higher on Calvin Ridley if he, you know, scored one or two of those near touchdowns so far through mm-hmm. two weeks. AJ Brown is your wide receiver eight. He gets the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, still a a talented defense. Um, I also believe the public sentiment towards AJ Brown early on this season would be quite different if that 24 yard touchdown that was negated by a holding penalty was allowed to stand. Yeah, I have squeaky wheel after he would he and Hertz were yelling at each other for a minute there. But yeah, I'm I'm basically throwing away the the start to the season. We know AJ Brown's gonna get his over the course of the season. And the Buccaneers are fine, but Carlton Davis, he's been on the injury report. Jamil Dean's not the same player as he was a couple of seasons ago when the pass rush for the Buccaneers were a little bit better. You know, I think the rushing success is really almost pivotal here for AJ Brown and Devontae Adams to both hit their ceilings in any given week because that, you know, draws single high coverage that gives these one-on-ones for these monsters. Obviously that worked against the Minnesota Vikings for Devontae Smith. Um, it almost did for AJ Brown, but we'll see how they hand out the running back rotation. And again, we talked about that in the running back tiers and rankings video. Okay. Next for you is Jamar chase as your wide receiver nine. Jamar Chase faces the Los Angeles Rams. Slow start. Wide receiver 44 on just 39 yards and five catches. And then wide receiver 60 with five catches and 31 yards last week. I'm assuming that Joe Burrow is going to play through but not be as effective on his calf injury with this ranking. We will adjust once we get further confirmation on where Burrow's status is. Uh, The Rams have been playing above expectation, but they are starting day three talent all throughout the secondary. That's just a fact of the matter. Jamar Chase, even though the slow start, even though the targets aren't there, even though the downfield targets have not been there completed yet, we know that's going to regress positively here. So I'm I'm factoring in that the Bengals are not the same Bengals that we're used to, but I'm not going to get too crazy here. Jamar Chase is still wide receiver one. You know, after one week, you don't want to overreact. After two weeks, you have a little bit more information. And then after three weeks, we have like the real deal foundation and sample size that we can research and evaluate on. It's it's time, Bengals, you know, like 
this is the week where you really do have to do something. And it's so fascinating that we, once again, we get a slow start for Jamar Chase, that same one that we got last year. However, it's like a totally different reason why we got it because in week six, they obviously flipped and went purely shotgun and let Joe Burrow see the defense and just deliver. And now Jamar Chase is once again asking for more vertical shots, mm-hmm. which goes back to that running hot during his rookie season, but that is far less efficient. We'll see. We'll see what they roll out here in week three, because hopefully they have some of the answers to the problem so far. Okay. Running out your top 10 is the man, the myth, the already legend Puka Nakua wide receiver 13 in consensus as he faces those Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So the Bengals, I don't think their defense is good um, as it was previously. Like I've said before, uh, Puka is going to be facing a second round corner, on the perimeter, we like targeting rookie corners out there. And Steve and I broke this thing down. Like, really, what it comes down to with Puka is his reliability against zone coverage. And then he has just enough skills and man covers, not athleticism, but hand fighting, good releases, timing on like timing up with like the RPO looks. Like, you have to be on the same page with that stuff. He's a veteran there and he has Matthew Stafford's trust. So, uh, first read looks, no one is look, uh, has been targeted more on those in the NFL than Puka. So, I am a believer as a wide receiver one. Yeah. Wanted to throw this up there because when you look at these two charts, you're like, oh, this looks very similar. And then it's actually 2023 Puka Nakua against the San Francisco 49ers and then 2022 Cooper Cup. So actually their targets are coming in like slightly different ways. Uh, Lord Reeves pointed this out. Nakua has four receptions from for 38 yards in the slot. 10 receptions lined up as left wide receiver, another 11 receptions lined up as right wide receiver. So to me, that means that they can one coexist, but two, it's all about that feel. And it sounds so simple in zone coverage and sitting in it. And then a quarterback that trusts you in that environment really on my radar that Jordan Rodriguez this week points out that Puka Nakua has joined the breakfast club to go along with Matthew Stafford and Cooper cup. And it's a joke. But if we knew that in training camp, I would have honestly advocated a little bit more for Puka Nakua. And we saw the Grateful Dead t-shirts, which Cooper Cup is uh, notorious to be wearing too. But yeah, I agree with you. Cooper Cup, the way he runs his routes is a lot more option routes. And I think he's better kind of in the scramble drill environment because I think Cooper Cup's just a much better athlete than uh, Puka is. But Cooper's like winning like real routes. Uh, a lot of them against zone coverage, but most of the league is against zone coverage. So don't hold that against him. If you're good against zone coverage, that means you're right. good on 80% of snaps. Yeah. He's been targeting 40% of routes. Cooper Cup, his historic 2021 season, they targeted him on 30% of his routes. Again, big praise to the fantasy people that ranked Cooper, or excuse me, Puka Nakua as like a top 14 wide receiver after his week one. Again, now that we have two weeks of information, this style of targeting him just doesn't simply vanish. He should be listed as a top 12 wide receiver mm-hmm. moving forward until we have more information on Cooper Cup. And we'll get to Tutu Atwell, not to be overshadowed here in a little bit. Okay, Mike Williams is your wide receiver 11 this week's start of Tier 2. He's wide receiver 15 in consensus. Once again, we're here on Fridays, and Hayden Winks ranks Mike Williams ahead of consensus. Positive regression candidate. He's a wide receiver 16 in usage, even though the first game the Chargers didn't pass the ball that much i think it's a huge wide receiver versus cornerback advantage for michael williams playing on the perimeter in this game has the highest over under on the week at 54 points underdog fantasy pick em lobby which we love to reference here has his higher lower at 61 and a half receiving yards that is borderline wide receiver one numbers right there and i think that mike williams is one of the most live wide receivers to score a touchdown this week because the pass game environment 
I think is really strong for Mike Williams. So uh, nearly had a couple touchdowns in the previous weeks. He's due for a, a couple big ones moving forward. I'm on Ross St. Brown checks in as wide receiver 12 for you. He's facing the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to assume that a toe injury that they had to insert a steel plate into the shoe is a factor here. Yeah, that's why I have him ranked lower. And I was, I think I was one of the only people to actually watch that. That was like on the broadcast. They, they didn't tweet it or anything like that. And then he went DNP and limited. And it looked like he, he kind of got that toe kind of just like caught up when he got tackled. So I was looking at the, the Twitter doctors and they said that even if he does play, he could be have a little bit less effectiveness. Now the pick and lobby still has him at 71 and a half wow. uh, receiving yards. Um, and I also want to mention the Falcons defense has some dogs on it this year and they run the ball so effectively on the other side of the ball here. So um, just a little bit lower on a Monroe with St. Brown than I usually am, uh, even though he's a USC legend. But obviously as a top 12 wide receiver, he's in lineups no matter what. Devontae Smith as your wide receiver 13. Again, that same Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. Um, you write he's the wide receiver seven on wide receiver 36 usage. Good players outperform usage expectations. Yeah, completely agree. And the Jalen Hurts stuff, I think, will get better. They're dead last in success rate on their passes. Uh, they are not the worst passing league, uh, passing team in the in the league. I, I feel pretty comfortable with that. DK Metcalf against the Carolina Panthers is up next for you. Um, I just had this thought in my head. So obviously, no JC Horn. He's going to miss for a very long time. Yeah. Their outside corners right now are Dante Jackson and CJ Henderson. Henderson. And as we saw, uh, Michael Thomas, albeit a less explosive but similarly built player to DK Metcalf, just totally bodied these corners on the outside, contested throws, leverage advantage. I'm going to just pluck it out of the air. I mean, I think DK Metcalf could potentially have a top six week. I and I think I'm probably ranking him higher than other people are. Um, he got tackled on the one yard line, got hit in the ribs, and that's why he's been on the injury report. I think that he'll play through those rib injuries just as, as he did last week. To me, just like his film just looks way better this year. Like he's yeah. he's legitimately routing people up. We haven't even seen like the 50 yard catch down the sideline yet. I think that type of stuff is coming. Like you said, uh, Panthers defense, they're just missing a couple guys all of a sudden. And I think there's trickle down effects once you kind of have that. They're going to have to create negative plays from Geno Smith. Like it's going to have to be a Hall of Fame game from Brian Burns and Frankie Luvu of those types in order for uh, the Panthers to have a chance in this environment. Okay, Michael Pittman is your wide receiver 15. He's facing the Baltimore Ravens. Talk to me about Michael Pittman this season because it sounds like we're not going to get Anthony Richardson. We don't know exactly at this time, but he has not cleared concussion protocol yet. Still no Marlon Humphrey for the Ravens. I have a lot of respect for the Ravens defense as yes. a whole, but I also just think that the play calling is ideal for Michael Pittman and how they're using him. His like eight outs, like six yards downfield. And that's a lot of that's like RPO looks. They'll do like basically verticals with all the other receivers, just make Alec Pierce just run win routes and then have Michael Pittman running across underneath for easy targets. I think those that type of type of target volume is fairly sticky here. He's the wide receiver 13 on wide receiver six usage to start so i'm kind of staying true with that once again another usc legend you know i thought that michael pittman had the talent to win down the field i think he still does mm -hmm. but with gardner Minshew, we kind of go back to that low a dot volume play that we saw last year and it, that was even happening with anthony richardson after the 
first half of the mm -hmm. first game too. But hopefully as the season goes along, we get a bit more of the explosive downfield splash plays, especially in the, in the intermediate area. Because again, I think Pittman has the talent to do it. Yeah, and I think for the Gardner Minshew aspect of this, I would rather have Anthony Richardson be starting as a team. Yeah. But I think for just the passing game projection, I think that it's a wash, maybe even arguably a slight improvement uh, for this week. Okay. T. Higgins against the Rams is your wide receiver 16. Um, talk to me. Let me know. Yeah, he's been the guy that's performing uh, in this offense, but it's still just waiting on Joe Burrow. There's not really much to say here. I think you have Chris Olave too low as wide receiver 17. I mean, he has 10 and 11 targets over the season. He's had He only had two games of his final 12 to end last year with double-digit targets, and he mm -hmm. opens it again with two here, albeit in kind of different ways. We saw week one in that cool, fun, creative usage, and then in week two against those Panthers, it was just like, hey, man, just beat your corner, and I can do that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if the Saints are going to run the ball a little bit more now that they have Kendry Miller, not Tony Jones, out there. Uh, he's also going to face some Jair Alexander, who I have a lot of respect for. But, yeah, this is kind of where he's been living in, like, just usage and uh, production so far is kind of, like, in the in the teens category. So if you want to move him up a couple spots, I'm fine with that. Uh, I'll pick him lobby, 64 and a half receiving yards. Sorry. Yeah, I, I I do want him, and I love Michael Pittman, and I like T. Higgins, but I want to put him like right here. But these are your rankings, by the way. You can find them in the description down below. I already mentioned that. And when we bring up consensus rankings, it's fantasy pros where they bring in about a hundred different analyst rankings, and I always love to compare that to Hayden's as you know leverage points throughout the week. Speaking of that, Michael Mike Evans, Michael Evans, uh, as your wide receiver eighteen against the Philadelphia Eagles. Talked about on scheme this week with Colt McCoy. Uh, the old man is balling out. Yeah. And just my notes I have, he looks fast and healthy. And like, that's really what it is. I'm not expecting the Baker Mayfield as you guys outlined on that, the third down, the pressure stuff to be sticky. But if that stuff does regress, that means I'll have to pass even more. I'm expecting the Eagles to bounce back offensively, very much so through the air. So I think that Mike Evans in garbage time, uh, I think we're going to be monitoring James Bradbury has an injury. We'll see if he's going to play. I know Darius Slay, that's not a fun uh, matchup either, but Mike Evans is, he looks just like really good right now. Yep. Baker only took one sack so far, but he's been pressured a lot. Um, the offensive line is holding up really well in pass pro. It's going to be interesting to see a offense that's run so hot through two weeks now face their toughest test, especially that a defensive front that yeah. if they get their hands on Baker, will probably take him down versus these Houdini escapes he's had so far. Yeah, and I don't think the Buccaneers offensive line actually has that much talent. So I, I am also nervous for the Eagles. Okay. Tyler Lockett, your wide receiver 19, uh, got home really well in the end zone last week. It's like they bring in this first round wide receiver and then you just have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett continuing to produce. Jackson Smith and Jig was averaging 12.5 air yards through the first two. Total. Games, so. Not 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 yeah. per target. Total. Yeah, total. So... It's tough. Okay. Um, yeah, he still looks good, and he he's just so savvy. Like, both of those red zone looks were just, like, a guy that has the feel and the chemistry, and Geno Smith still playing well. So, uh, same old, same old. To close out your top 20 wide receivers, it's Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper, this week, gets the Tennessee Titans. We talked about it, that you don't run against the Titans. You throw down the field against the Titans. And Amari Cooper, I think, over his time with Cleveland Browns, has developed into a very consistent option. 
He has, and he's a positive regression candidate. He's the wide receiver six in air yards so far. He's wide receiver 18 in usage as a whole. Uh, pick him lobby, 57 and a half receiving yards. That's really high. I think that you can even actually make an argument that he should go up this list, especially without Nick Chubb. I just think that they're going to, whether they like it or not, they're going to force Deshaun Watson to figure this out. And the big difference this year for Amari Cooper is more downfield looks. So it might be a little bit less consistent as it, as it has been, but if we're trading in for even deeper targets, I think in the long run, that will end up being a good thing for Amari. All right. Your tier three starts with everyone's favorite wide receiver sleeper this summer. It's Nico freaking Collins as the wide receiver 21. You're ahead of consensus. He's their wide receiver 25 against the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. The Texans through the first two weeks are third as a team in wide receiver fantasy usage. That's really strong stuff. And Nico Collins, I think, looks really good. He looks like he's taken another step, and he has the size, speed, X receiver traits that you're looking for. He's the wide receiver four in total air yard. So a lot of these targets are being thrown down the field. And I think that CJ Stroud has that that fight and that uh, accuracy and arm strength uh, to make the most of it. And the Jaguars, I think, are a decent defense, but nothing to be scared of if you're Nico Collins. I mean, look at these inside breakers. It's You can line up on the outside. You can line up in the slot. And these deep patterns of 12 to 17 yards. Yep. CJ Stroud is putting it on his face mask, on his body with leverage advantage. And this is where he wins yep. constantly right now. This team has some other options that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but they almost all offer a different skill set to a wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. I will add right now, this passing offense is totally reliant on garbage time. Mm-hmm. It is functional garbage time at the moment, but that can be wonky week to week. Like I'm typically not someone that wants to consistently rely on that. And again, just to note, if you missed our quarterback ranking show, 43% of CJ Stroud's passing yards right now are in the fourth quarter. I do love that you pointed out where the targets are being located because Downfield targets are worth more on average than underneath targets. And then targets over the middle of the field are also worth more than targets to the sideline because it's easier to throw the ball down the field, down the middle. And that's where all of his targets are. So if you're looking at like wide receivers to have like a hundred air yards per game, Nico Collins is the only one that's getting them consistently over the middle. That's what made the dolphins offense, for example, last year and this year. So effective. So it's really good stuff, good scheming and good for Nico Collins to have like the ability to break inside too. George Pickens, now as his team's wide receiver one, is your wide receiver 22 this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Same exact point here. George Pickens, he's been targeted over the middle eight times this year. Last year, that was only 15. So it's more easy targets because Deontay Johnson is out of there. They're not going to get anything from Allen Robinson or Calvin Austin or any of these other guys. Last season, the Raiders were 31st in passing EPA. They're going to be starting a fourth-round rookie corner on the perimeter against George Pickens. George Pickens has that dog in him. And also, the Raiders' defensive line, they just put Chandler Jones on the NFI list. And Tyree Wilson hasn't practiced. And when he's been on the field, that's their first-round edge rusher. He has, like, one pressure on, like, 50 snaps. So it's it's tough out there. The Raiders, like, on paper, looked like they had maybe some, some fight on defense. And we've already seen that evaporate. George Pickens has that dog in him against a rookie. Let's go. We've utilized the term make or break kind of that way for halfway through the season. You know, the first half with uh, Kenny Pickett in this matchup, I would Mm -hmm. say. Uh, The Raiders have allowed opposing wide receivers to catch a league high 84% of their targets. Damn, Uh, that's impossible. That's like almost (laughs) impossible. That is outrageous. (laughs) That's so bad. 
One of our flag plants this summer, Jordan Addison checks in as wide receiver 23. Uh, he ran a route last week on 78% of his snaps on a short week. That's compared to 66% of team dropbacks in week one. And now we get an extended number of days until this matchup here in week three. I would love to see that jump to 85% this week. I think there's a chance he can get up to close to 100%. Ooh, Not only is it 10 buggy. days to get back on the field, they're also 0-2. There's no time to dilly-dally, you know? And I think it's a perfect opportunity for Jordan Addison to go out there. Lots of, like, double moves. we got some post uh, post routes for touchdowns. Lots of fun usage for Jordan Addison. I think he can even be more consistent and not just be the downfield threat. But if that's what he is in this offense, awesome. As a reminder, Adam Thielen was second in routes run in this exact offense. The Vikings, once again, first in neutral pass rate. This is a very, this is like basically their entire team. They can't play defense. They can't run the ball. It's all pass game stuff. And if you're looking at the Chargers, uh, the cornerback too, Michael Davis, he's fourth worst in receptions per coverage snap. And JC Jackson on the other side has been a absolute liability out there. So Jordan Addison and Jeff, uh, Justin Jefferson project very well. Other than Puka Nakua, Jordan Addison is basically lapping. All the other rookies will bring them say flowers here in a moment, but it's um, it's pretty amazing what Jordan Addison is doing on a smaller snap count. and gives me even more optimism what he'll do on a larger snap count. And again, it could happen this week because on throws of 10 yards or further down the field through two weeks, the Chargers have allowed receivers to catch 17 of 24 targets for 452 yards. Bro, that's <laughs> outrageous. Come on. Okay. Gabe Davis is your wide receiver 24. And by the way, quickly on Jordan Addison. He was a Kevin O'Connell selection. I have that on good authority. So mm -hmm. at some point, this is going to happen. Wide receiver 24, Gabe Davis. Uh, last week, more of zone coverage. As we've highlighted, Gabe Davis does his best work against zone coverage. This week, Washington. Mm, we'll see. I just know that he's playing Emmanuel Forbes on the outside. That's a rookie corner. We like to target them. And Emmanuel Forbes is 180 pounds. Gabe Davis mm -hmm. is a big dude. Also, just... Random stat. He's second in EPA per target, only trading, trailing your boy, Brandon Ayuk. So Gabe Davis, when he gets thrown the ball, it's very effective. So uh, even though that like the pick'em lobby only has his projection at 42 and a half yards, I think he's very live for touchdowns. Um, especially if we're not gonna have Dawson Knox out there. That just means that Deontay Hardy's gonna play on the field more. Dalton Kincaid's gonna be in the red zone more. There's like only one guy that's like really big in the red zone. His name's Gabe Davis. So um, I like his touchdown opportunities, and I think Washington's front seven is very good. I think that they can be kind of exploited in the, in the secondary. Yeah, again, it'll be on my radar because Washington has played zone coverage well below the league average rate through two weeks. Um, consensus rankings. This is another one, Hayden. Every single week, you're going to have Gabriel Davis ahead. They're wide receiver 38. It's It's fun because on average, he will end up where I have him ranked. Yeah. It will just be, he's the wide receiver 60 and then he's a wide receiver seven. So like, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but totally Zay flowers. It's your wide receiver 25. Hayden, did you have a long look in the mirror and be like, I got to do this. Have Zay as the top 26 wide receiver. Well, Odell Beckham, I have him out. I think that JK Dobbins and justice Hill being out also means good things for Zay because he's kind of used in those type of ways. And then I looked even uh, more into the matchup. Their Colts corner, uh, Daryl Baker, he's allowed the second most yards in the NFL. I think that he will be seeing some Zay Flowers. And you're getting on this nice little combination of schemed up touches. And then I think he has enough speed. And Lamar Jackson throw the ball downfield. And that's where you can see Zay connect like they did last week. But I do, I do think that Justice Hill being out and J.K. Dobbins is like 
an intriguing aspect to the Zay Flowers profile right now. Yeah, again, we haven't seen like a full wide receiver profile yet from Zay Flowers. It's like a bunch of manufactured short stuff and then like one vertical shot per yeah. game that's working. So I think he can still do stuff in the middle areas. Mm -hmm. um, he has been on a pass route for 90% and 85% of the team's dropbacks to open the season. And the Colts have already allowed four, four top 20 scoring wide receivers and top six scoring weeks with both mm -hmm. uh, opposition teams, wide receiver ones getting top six numbers. Uh, Calvin Ridley, eight, one Oh one and one Nico Collins, seven, one forty six and one. I wouldn't put Zay Flowers in the conversation of a Nico Collins type body or a Calvin Ridley type skill set yet. But again, I, I totally with you. Uh, this should be where Zay Flowers is being ranked. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have. And you realize that the library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series. And when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. And get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Chris Godwin, wide receiver 26, up next for you. Uh, I didn't have any like clean notes with him. This is just kind of where he's falling in line pre-draft. And then I think the Bucks are in an okay matchup for Chris Godwin. He's playing more on the outside. That's like the only kind of note I had. But I think ultimately that's not going to matter too much at the end of the year. He's just the 1B to Mike Evans. And I think yeah. that's like the easiest way to say that. Let's have a great conversation right now because it's 2-2 Atwell as wide receiver 26. And excuse me, wide receiver 27. What a fun journey, <laughs> if you want to put it that way, for 2-2 Atwell in that Second round pick, done absolutely nothing. Sean McVay got in the lab along with, let's say, Mike McDaniel and Matt LaFleur this summer and said, hey, I've got this fast guy that you can use on short motions and get out of press coverage and instead into bunch sets at full speed. Let's utilize him that way. And on some level, Hayden, his six for 119 and seven for 77 on 17 combined targets has just been totally overshadowed by Puka Nakua. I would say rightfully so, but I'm with you that the schemed up stuff is maximizing Tutu's skill set as a speed demon, and he's tied for second in the NFL in deep targets. Those are 15-plus yards downfield, so my fear is that he's going to be more inconsistent than what he's shown, but he's shown an actual upside, and I think Matthew Stafford's playing well enough, and I think this matchup is good enough for Tutu to take seriously, even if, like, He's not going to be just winning against press man coverage on the outside. Like other receivers. We don't care about that. This is fantasy nope. football. We care about the points. You're 10 spots ahead of consensus here. He's wide receiver 37. Interesting. And you know where Tutu does lead the NFL? No wide receiver, no player has run more routes through two weeks than Tutu Atwell so far. Isn't that wild? Good for him. Good for him. So to me, that points out, though, like when the Rams 
do start running fewer plays in any given week based on game script or game environment or whatever, then obviously the ceilings of both Puka and Tutu Atwell will just come down that naturally, but we probably don't have that yet. Like, yeah. I love seeing this 75% Tyree kill usage that we're getting from Tutu Atwell right now. I will say, like, all these stats about these Rams skill guys, like, not not going to Cooper Cup is so tilting. <laughs> because, like, when I was saying this entire offseason that Sean McVay is going to be playing Madden, like, he has literally been playing Madden this year, and I think that Cooper Cup would have had about 400 yards already. DeAndre Hopkins is your wide receiver 28 this week. Uh, after running a route on 90% of team dropbacks in week one, slow week of practice, Hopkins dropped down to 72.4% in week two. Yeah, so this ranking is accounting for some of that injury woe. The, the playing time was down. He was just not like earning a target at the same rate last week as well. Hopefully he's better this week, but he still is on the practice report. It's always hard with DeAndre because he's always on the practice report. So you can like, it's hard to judge actually how serious his injury is. Um, so I think like this is kind of appropriate. DeAndre Hopkins is now averaging 9.4 yards per catch after his career low last year in 11.2 yards per catch. Um, my you fear roll. that we have seen the cliff and we are looking over the edge with DeAndre mm -hmm. Hopkins, it, I think it's in practice right now. I will say Chig cannot earn a target and Traylon totally. Burks can't earn a target either. So like I, I agree the with the combination you. of all of it. It's like his yeah. talent plus the environment that he's in. And I think that's why the Titans like remain always projected for like 18 points on the week. Like they just don't have the explosive play unless we get that back from Derrick Henry. But it's been like a, a good year since we've seen the Derrick Henry 60 yard touchdowns. Drake London is your wide receiver 29. Uh, we got one comment on our Titan rankings video saying like, oh, you didn't even talk about Kyle Pitts. Hey, and it's because I don't know what to say here about Drake London and Kyle Pitts, specifically with Drake London. He's very good at his job. When given the opportunity to be good at his job, he will produce for you. But it's like, what side of the bed did Arthur Smith wake up on Sundays? Is he going to let us see that in action? Or is it just going to be the running back show? My take is I'm not I'm I'm done blaming any of this on Arthur Smith. This is a quarterback issue. This is all yeah, Desmond like Ritter. If, if Arthur Smith had a quarterback, they would be passing the ball a ton as well. I like that. With Drake London. The Lions defense was supposed to be pretty feisty this year. Let me list off these injuries they have. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he that's a safety. He just was, was placed on IR. Emmanuel Mosley, that's a corner. He hasn't practiced. He hasn't played yet. Kirby Joseph, that's a safety. He hasn't practiced this week. Julian Okwara, Josh Paschal, James Houston, those are all front seven guys. They're all hurt. So, like, I mean, that's like seven starters, basically, right there that are all out for the Lions. So, uh, somebody's scoring a lot of fantasy points this week on the Falcons. We have high rankings on Algier, obviously, Bijan. And I think that Drake London, even if the pass game is as ridiculous as it is for the Falcons, like dead last in neutral pass rate, Drake London in this good of a matchup, clean of a matchup with his talent, I refuse to move him lower than this. Garrett Wilson is your wide receiver 30 to round up these top three tiers facing the New England Patriots. It's a tightrope that anyone who's starting Garrett Wilson is, is trying to traverse right now. He only has one target downfield, 15 yards downfield. Um, I'm hoping that gets better. This is just like another brutal matchup. Like I'm hoping that we can like look back after these first three weeks and be like, okay, they did face three absolutely loaded defenses and maybe things get cleaned up. But Christian Gonzalez, the rookie corner, he's the number one graded rookie, uh, held out on Tyree Kill on a couple press man matchups as well. So not a clean matchup for Garrett Wilson on top of all the quarterback stuff. Go back to stats versus film if you want to laugh about some of the Jets charts uh, through the first two weeks. Tier four begins 
with Michael Thomas as your wide receiver 31 this week. Uh, he's doing his best old man Larry Fitzgerald impression where he's not going to give you yards at the catch. He's going to body and win with leverage. Now I'll just bring you to wide receiver 32, Hayden. Uh, Marquise Brown facing the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, talk to me. Michael Thomas is the wide receiver three and expected touchdowns. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet, so a little bit of positive regression there. Uh, I'm with you, though. Like He's such a fun player to watch because he is going to leave these corners uh, in the ice bass super banged up because he plays with so much physicality, but like you just watch him actually run in a straight line. Um, he just doesn't have that, or, or at least he's getting his legs back if you want to have a more optimistic lens. Anything on Hollywood? Or it's just like, hey, Arizona Cardinals don't watch. Yeah, uh, 43.5 yards in the pick and lobby. They're not going to score many touchdowns. I think he's a good enough player. Uh, Michael Wilson, like only used down the field right now. They're not getting Rondell Moore involved. So this is kind of where he's at. One of your best calls so far this year has been Josh Reynolds. He checks here as wide receiver 33. He's wide receiver 46 in Fantasy Pro's consensus rankings. I think even with like a healthy Amon Ross St. Brown, you'd rank him in this territory too. Yeah. So I'm monitoring Josh Reynolds has been on the injury report as well. So I'm he's got an injury. Amon Ross got an injury. So this is a wait and see, but I do want to give credit where it's due. Josh Reynolds, a wide receiver 11 on wide receiver 35 usage. I don't think Marvin Jones literally can't play. They're not trying to make Khalif Raymond a thing. And Josh Reynolds has been like actually winning in isolation here. Up and down uh, matchup for him. AJ Terrell outside corner. Really good. They're a second outside corner. Trey Flowers is miserable. I don't think they're going to like, uh, I don't think Josh Reynolds has earned uh, shadow coverage from AJ Terrell. So I think that he's got an up and down matchup here. I'm hoping the Detroit Lions will pass the ball a little bit more because they don't have David, David Montgomery. But we'll wait till Sunday morning when we have a little more clarity on uh, the injuries. Yeah, he's run a route on 82% of dropbacks. No other wide receiver other than Amon Ross St. Brown or Josh Reynolds has been in a route for more than 60% of dropbacks in both games. I think that's trending to 100%. I think they're just like getting rid of Marvin Jones, basically. Jerry Judy up next is your wide receiver 34. It kind of gets tough going from here on out. Let's let's be real. Um, Jerry Judy has not done anything since coming back from injury, but that's to be expected because it seemed like a very significant hamstring issue that he's working back mm -hmm. from. Plus, you have the up and down nature of Russell Wilson. Yeah, it's all deep balls right now. So I think Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, I have ranked very similarly. I don't think Marvin Mims is going to get more involved. He's just going to be a rotational deep threat. So uh, I would like to see Jerry Judy earn it before I rank him higher than that. I, I will say before the season, I was very optimistic on Jerry Judy because he closed last year really strong. But let's see him get back there before I start moving him into like the wide receiver three range. Christian Kirk is your wide receiver 35. I think this is an important conversation because we've got an awful week from Christian Kirk in week one. And then a great one in week two. And I think part of that is just the personnel groupings and the usage they've had him in. And now with like this Zay Jones injury and not practicing kind of throws it in more flux. This is basically locking into your wide receiver three or flex territory, but not a ton of confidence right now in like our firm grasp of Christian Kirk in this team right now. I have an announcement before we went live here. I did move Christian Kirk way up by oh. Zay Flowers just because oh. gaining more confidence wow. that Zay, Zay is not going to be effective or uh, in the lineup at all. And Christian Kirk was their easy button when the ground game wasn't working, and that's been a problem for them. So he's been the easy button out in the flats and stuff. So uh, good matchup for uh, 
Kirk as well, going back to the injuries that the Texans have had, specifically in the secondary. So uh, I feel pretty confident Christian Kirk this week. Um, even if he's not going to be a full-time player, I think that just like mm-hmm. when they drop back to pass, they need the easy button in the flat sometimes. And I think that can be Christian Kirk still. I don't want to be this binary, but it kind of does depend on if he's a two wide receiver, wide receiver set player to me. Like he, they use 11 personnel in week one on 62% of passing plays. Um, and then in week two, that was at 83% mm-hmm. and it's pretty stark, which environment he got home in from a game standpoint. But like we've heard from Doug Peterson this week that, Hey, Tim Jones might see more time as so he can run block and he offers that bigger body. Um, who knows if they want to really establish the run against their matchup this week, yeah. but based on dollars in the direction of Christian Kirk, you would think that he's a two wide receiver set player yes. after he was already one last year. Yeah. I would like to see Tim Jones in two wide receiver sets before I make that assumption. I'll put it that right. way. I, I hear right. it's possible though. Right. It's possible. Uh, let's just go through these next two quickly. Cause it's DJ Moore is wide receiver 36. Just an awful situation he has in that passing game. And you're basically hoping for garbage time this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Is that correct? And then the Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 37 uh, had a long touchdown, as he is known to do, because he rarely scores any inside the 20-yard line. But he's even still working back from a turf toe issue. Yeah, I might move Terry McLaurin up a little bit. Um, My DJ Moore note was (laughs) what's crazy about his production is he's actually a negative regression candidate. He's leading oh, no. all wide receivers in completion percentage over expected at 39% oh, no. above expectations. So not so against it should time. be even worse for DJ more than it is right now. <laughs> right. So, but that said, the bears have been so miserable. I think they will be better than what they've showed the first two weeks. It is a good matchup for DJ more just because of pass volume here. Um, but yeah, it's just not going to be pretty. The team hasn't really, again, spoken about Terry McLaurin's, injury right now, but he's run a route on 81% of dropbacks, which is yeah. 46th among all wide receivers. Compare that to Jahan Dotson, who's been at 93% of dropbacks. Mm-hmm. So they're giving Terry some rest here and there. Okay. Uh, let's round out this tier with three very unique names. Elijah Moore, wide receiver 38. Sky Moore as wide receiver 39. And then Robert Woods all the way up as wide receiver 40. You uh, hit the spectrum here. I really did. Um, let's talk about Sky Moore. Um, notorious Sky Moore hater. I'm claiming it this week. Sky Moore, you could do worse than start Sky Moore because this is under the assumption Kadarius Tony hasn't practiced this week. If he's not going to play, that's good news for Sky Moore. Same thing with Richie James. I think we're, what we started to see last week is the route participa- participation instead of going to about six or seven players. It's now getting closer to like only three or four of them. I think it's going to be Sky Moore, MVS, and Justin Watson running a ton of routes. MVS and Justin Watson run like this. And then you have a chance that Sky Moore is just going to be next to Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and this Bears defense, I mean, cut me a break. This is brutal. And they might be missing Eddie Jackson. They're starting a, a second round rookie on the perimeter here. So if there's a week for Sky Moore to do something at all, I'm claiming it now. I can remain a hater. Uh, but for this week, I'm making an exception. How about that? I believe I read that Patrick Mahomes, despite everyone envisioning Patrick Mahomes like being a scrambling quarterback, is holding on to the football longer than ever this year. And to me, that stands out as he just is not liking on those improv plays, what yep. he is seeing with his wide receivers creating space for themselves. Mm-hmm. Just quickly on Elijah Moore, 37 and a half 
yards in the higher or lower pick and lobby. If you think that he is going to have a much better week than wide receiver 38, there you go. Play it in the pick and lobby. And quickly in Robert Woods, 19 targets through two weeks. Yeah. I will add that's going to be great usage in your model, but it's like the least important of that group where Tank Dell has more explosion than him. And we already talked about Nico Collins mm-hmm. being the downfield player. Robert Woods is the the volume sponge, if you will. Yeah, uh, like you said, wide receiver 39 on wide receiver 13 usage. I'm expecting yep. that inefficiency um, to remain here. I have a couple like random wild names I updated my rankings on. Oh, well, can I quickly get to your wide receiver 41 if it still exists? Because this is continuing to be a shot at me. Wide receiver 41 <laughs> is Jahan Dotson. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a big game is inevitable. It Go is. and watch Jahan Dotson. Mm-hmm. He's still doing great stuff out there. The ball just has not come in his direction despite 12 targets over the last two weeks. Eight catches just for 62 yards. I will repeat, a big Jahan Dotson game. Is inevitable, just might not happen against the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I'm just I'm a just on my radar. I, I agree. Jahan Dotson's a dog. Um, it's on my radar though that his average depth of target is lower. He's playing more in the slot, and that could be a good thing. I think it's like a good use of like Jahan Dotson's skill set. Um, but at the same time, I'm a little bit worried that this Washington offense is just taking a little bit too much of the Eric B enemy stuff. And I would rather just be like, all right, we're winning with Jahan Dotson no matter what, and they're kind of just like spreading the ball around a little bit too much. So we'll see. Something to monitor. Okay, give me some of those random names if you want to from here. Okay, Jaden Reed. I moved up to my wide receiver 38, and same thing with Brandon Cooks. So we'll start with Jaden Reed. This is my assumption that Christian Watson is going to be out. If you're looking at just cornerback matchups, right now PFF's number one corner is Marshawn Lattimore. He's always been an outside wide receiver, so that'll be Romeo Dobbs' problem. And then in the slot, because Marshawn Lattimore's been so good, their nickel corner, Elante Taylor, has allowed the most targets on their coverage snaps in the NFL. So that's where Jaden Reed is going to be utilized. If Christian Watson's out, the matchups look pretty nice for Jaden Reed. We've seen a little bit of dink and dunk usage for Jaden Reed to get him schemed up. And then for Brandon Cooks, very similar thing. Looking at the matchup here, Marco Wilson, the Cardinals outside wide receiver, he's allowed the most yards in the NFL at corner. And then their uh, number two, corner is a six round rookie corner uh that's also a good matchup for brandon cooks who's going to be work, working on the uh, on the outside too so as long as brandon cooks is healthy i think cooks and Jaden reed are like guys that you can get in the mix quick apology for jane reed i momentarily use romeo dobbs as your headshot flip that immediately once i noticed my mistake that's on me okay just to close this out let's um throw up names like Cortland sutton and adam thielen and romeo dobbs and Jackson Smith and Jigba, is it going to happen? Maybe not until after, what, the week four bye. Then we get a week five from him after the post by rookie bump. And then guys like Jacoby Myers, KJ Osborne, and uh, Rashid Shahid close out your top 50. Uh, Yeah, none of those guys are standing out to me. I will give you one crazy name. River Craycraft. Is he even in your lobby? You might have to just no. make this thing up. River Craycraft. Yes, put Cooper Cup in there. That's closest to it. River Craycraft <laughs> is... um. First of all, he has more wide receiver usage than Jalen Waddle. I'm assuming that Jalen Waddle is not going to be playing. He hasn't practiced yet. The Broncos number two corner. He's allowed the third most targets per snap. Uh, and I think that's another reason because Patrick Sertan's a dog on the other side. So then the other corners get peppered the entire time. River Craycraft right now is the wide receiver seven in yards per out run. I think he's going to become a starter if Waddle is out. And this offense has been so good. I think River Craycraft 
could be a you can do worse guy. Couple notes. Rashid Shahid has only run a route on 66% and 66% of the dropbacks in the first two weeks. He, on a 66% snap count rate, can get home because he's awesome. He's awesome. But just keep that in mind if you have some weeks where you might only get one or two or three points. Kendrick Bourne went from 93% route rate down to 55.3, and yeah. that is directly involved with Devontae Parker coming back. The one name I think you're still underrating, and this is a look in the mirror moment for me, mm-hmm. is Tank Dell. 14 targets in two games. He looks like, again, that explosive element that's just not the downfield player who can also win after the catch, can line up in the slot or out wide. And we know that with Noah Brown going to injured reserve, his route rate jumped from 48% to 84%. I have Tank Dell as my wide receiver 54. So yeah. now he's should be top 50 for me. It should, like, mm-hmm. if you ask me who I want to start on a weekly basis, KJ Osborne or Tank Dell, I'm probably taking Tank Dell. Yeah, I, I, I think we're all in the same tier. So I, I might look into that a little bit more and move him up just a tad. Okay, that's going to do it. Thank you all for tuning in. You can check out these rankings. And most importantly, you can check out our Sunday morning Q&A show because all the news that happens on Fridays and Saturdays and Sunday mornings will bring it to you 10.30 a.m. Eastern. I'll be watching the final 15 minutes of that Villa match live. So I might be crying. I might be happy. But a few expletives, we'll see. Um, Go and check out our running back tiers, quarterback tied in sicko tier charts as well. Um, Anything you want to say, Hayden? I also do more research on Fridays and Saturdays. So my update, my rankings do update. So pay attention. Okay. We'll see you all Sunday. Thanks producer weaves. Thanks to all of you, the 30 percenters who watch and subscribe up the bell. Talk to y'all soon.